0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today we will be talking about the sixth episode of Riverdale Season 4, Hereditary. I'm Mary Kukowski, and I'm joined as always by the not-a-satanic doll, Kirsten McInnes. Kirsten, what did you think of this episode?
1: Um, it was an episode of television. Mm-hmm. Um, It has the devil's number in it because it's the sixth episode of the season and that adds up because that was dark-sided. I don't think there's any proof that I'm not a satanic doll, so. So, that could be a problem.
0: <laughs> well, you at least are one who has the ability to vocalize words, which I think is part of what makes Julian doll so creepy is the fact that you can't communicate with him. So I would take this any day, even if you are a doll.
1: Ah, uh, well, just wait until I end up with uh, a circle of salt around me and we'll see what happens from there. Mary, what did you think of this episode? Well, here's the thing.
0: I ran a marathon this weekend, which for those of you who don't know is 26.2 miles or some large number of kilometers.
1: (laughs) Couldn't Um, tell you
0: how many kilometers.
1: It's a lot of kilometers. Let's ask Google. (laughs) How many kilometers in a marathon? It's 42 kilometers. Right. 42 kilometers. And see, this
0: episode was slightly more painful to get through than that (laughs) marathon. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. It took me like three hours to watch this episode because I kept, well, partially because I kept having to stop and put my ice packs back in the freezer because I'm just laying on the couch covered in ice packs forever. But I also kept having to stop it because I needed to just refuel mentally. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what exactly is a twist anymore and what is just to be expected. Like Riverdale could have spent some time going in a really cool direction for season six. And instead we are recycling old stuff that we hated and just being annoying and everybody is has not learned anything over the course of three seasons and we're just going to keep falling into the same traps over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, I think that they have exhausted all of their ideas and so now they're just like, okay, well, so we've used every idea that exists. How can we reuse them to make a new episode of the show? Because obviously there's no such thing as in, uh, any other ideas. So uh, here's an idea. Let's crowdsource
0: some ideas. Here are some things that would be better than what they gave us. How about... Um, literally anything. <laughs> How about Archie has a successful gym and enlists the help of the law enforcement and that works and then they all live their lives and we have one murder and we get to solve it together as a team and we recall that these people are actually friends and they don't just pop in and out of each other's life to do things like hand over $50,000 worth Worth of jade eggs or whatever the crap that was. I
1: feel like uh, Charles could be just a normal guy. He could be their half-brother. They then navigate the kooky adventures of their blended family. Can you tell that I just sound a little bit over it? You know, I, t- I tend to- Oh no, I thought you loved this. <laughs>
0: Normally, normally, yeah, but I'm just upset. Let's jump in. You can tell that this episode started off bad because there was a Jughead voiceover, but yet again, I decided not to write it down because that takes a lot of pausing and reading the captions, and I didn't feel like doing that. But basically, the whole thing was about Dodger and how he gets the homeless kids to help him so that if they get caught, they'll just go to Juvie and then get back out to do work for his crime schemes again, and he is clean as a whistle, which... Here's the thing. We've already seen a couple times in this show that Dodger and his gang of merry bad guys just show up and threaten Archie and stuff. Like, is that not evidence enough of bad behavior?
1: We can't, like, record that and submit that somewhere? Well, and they make it seem like this is something that's been going on for years and years. So why is this the first we're hearing of it? What was the serpent's role in all of this? Where are the serpents? Why is this happening? I'm also very over In a list of other things that I have Googled recently. I Googled where the heck is sweet pea to you which... You Googled where the <laughs> heck is sweet pea. Yeah. I feel like this is not the first time we've talked about how bad you are at Googling <laughs> stuff. Um, But you, you don't have to put in a full sentence. It's actually better if you just put in like a few keywords like... Sweet Pea Riverdale, where? (laughs) Well, I got creative. Anyway, the answer I
0: came up with was people were wondering where Sweet Pea was like mid-season three, and that's the last that anybody cared. I don't know.
1: Didn't Sweet Pea leave with the cult people? No, but then the cult people people are back. He wasn't in the cult. No, I'm thinking of... um, That was... Was it Fangs? Yeah. Fangs. Anyways, whatever. (laughs) You know what I did find out, though? That
0: Sweet Pea's original name was supposed to be Applejack, (laughs) because he's not actually a comic book character. I really appreciated that. Kind of felt like we should have gone with Applejack. Yeah, so Archie Archie's brilliant plan is that he shows up as the Black Hood Yep, because that's what he is. And he handcuffs kids to their wrongdoing. And then he shows up again
1: as Varsity Jacket Man Yeah, with his Letterman jacket (laughs) on like, hey son uh, if I can make the team so can you. Basically. And then he gets the kid a job at Pops. uh, And that's it. And it's a great plan so far. and the kid talks to FP and um, Mary Andrews. Right. I can't wait until Pops is just full of 12-year-old boys working
0: there. And I don't think that's that kid is 12. Staff. Well, however old they're supposed to be. They're certainly not 18, which is the age they look. Yeah, I thought that kid was like 16. I don't know. Whatever. All right. Let's talk about Cheryl because <laughs> why not? So Cheryl and the Creepy Baby Doll, she has a nightmare where DBJ, Nana B, Penny B, and Daddy B show up with Julian doll and ask to take her body or something and then she wakes up and it's like nope that's not a thing and she's she's all paranoid and she doesn't want the twins to be left alone with the doll. I don't understand why you can't just take the twins to the Cooper Jones household but instead she's been skipping school and Tony's like
1: girl if you want to go to college you've got to finish that school. I'm just so sick of this whole thing but she's like okay well I'm gonna go to school so I'm gonna surround the creepy Baby doll with salt, which makes sense because salt does prevent like evil spirits. Yeah, somebody's been watching a lot of Supernatural. Someone just knows witchcraft, okay? But what always drives me crazy with stuff like this, even in Supernatural, is they always use so much salt. That could be a thinner circle and it would do the job. Why is she using so much? Yeah, I,
0: I don't understand why she hasn't just tried burning the doll because isn't that the way to
1: get rid of evil spirits? Well, do- wouldn't she need to find like the spirit that's haunting the doll and then burn that? So, like, her, the fetus body is what she would need to burn. Okay. Either way,
0: I think burning is better than anything she's tried, which has so far been burying and drowning. Because, spoiler, she tries to drown the doll later. That yeah, drowning is
1: not, like, the doll isn't alive. Like, you can't drown it. Like, it's just stupid. She goes to school because she thinks she's safe, and then she gets called to the principal's office, which I fully thought was going to be, like, Principal Honey being a total brat. But instead, Dagwood swallowed a ping pong ball and was taken to the hospital, which, like, a ping- Ping pong ball is pretty big to be choking on. Why do they have ping pong balls? I mean, I don't
0: see them playing a lot of pong at their house. Probably for beer pong at house parties. I guess. But also, can we just talk about the twins for one second and how they haven't aged, even though they've been alive for almost
1: three years at this point? I they're mystical. I don't care. She goes back to the house rather than straight to the hospital and finds that creepy doll has escaped the circle. There's a, a line where the circle is broken and is in dead body Jason's arms and uh, it's creepy and I hate it and um, whatever. And there's no explanation to this. Did the doll just crawl over the circle
0: like the circle had absolutely no effect? Did someone else come by and break the circle? We don't no, know. No, someone definitely
1: broke the circle. There's no way that the doll broke the circle.
0: But we don't know and we don't really care. Then Cheryl goes downstairs and finds that her Aunt Cricket, her Uncle Bedford, and some, I'm guessing, cousin who never speaks because the uh, male children in the Blossom family are not allowed to speak, <laughs> much like Jason. They show up. Well, the, none of them have anything good to sing anyway, so. They want to buy the
1: company, and I guess Cheryl is, uh, her name is on the paperwork or something. Well, they need some representative from, like, every branch of the Blossom family, yeah. and since her dad is dead and her mom is in the wind, they need her to do it, which I feel like just because your mom is missing doesn't mean you can get a teenager to sign legal documents, but okay.
0: Well, I didn't know if it was like your mom is an escaped criminal, so she no longer counts, but Cheryl maybe also is technically a stakeholder in the company, whatever. And it was a little bit unclear about like they want to sell the maple syrup business, but they implied that would also be selling the house. Thistle well, I house? think
1: because the business is on that property. I feel like they would sell all of it, but I don't know. What about <laughs> the
0: hunting lodge?
1: Um, I don't Who knows? I forgot the that, that existed
0: yeah so did the show <laughs> along with everyone else and the serpents and sweet pea i mean sorry Applejacks. so cheryl faints and then there's this really great part where she wakes back up and i was watching with the captions on like i do and tony's sitting there and she's supposed to say my tony has informed me of something but instead it says my attorney has informed me which i thought was great because tony is her attorney cheryl is reasonable for one second because tony's like hey maybe we should just sell this stuff and start fresh somewhere Cheryl's like yeah maybe but then they're like oh cool can we go down, the, down to the chapel and light a candle in celebration and Cheryl freaks out and he's like I'm never signing any papers and no one's allowed in the chapel which I don't really get like if you're so afraid that people are gonna find DBJ
1: maybe just like move him it's also the thing where she clearly recognizes that having dead body Jason is a mistake and a bad thing to do and should not have him but she's doing it anyways so uh anyways goodbye Cheryl remember when Cheryl used to be like a cool character
0: yeah that was a while ago So then Cheryl, like we said, tries to drown Julian doll. We never hear anything else about that. I assume it didn't work. The aunt and uncle and random cousin come back again. And they're like, we want to sell the company. And Cheryl yells at them to get out. And it's like, we already did this scene. Not sure why we needed to do it again. Absolutely nothing has changed. And absolutely nothing was established in this scene again, except for popping back in. And then uh, Uncle Bedford shows up at night and tries to get in the chapel, which like, duh, because he said he would. And Cheryl, like, why didn't you move Dead Body J? Jason, the aunt and uncle have managed to break into your house multiple times already or let themselves in or whatever. Guess they just don't have locks in this show because I don't really see the two of them like climbing through a window. And the uncle's like, oh, we knew you were psycho and so we're going to lock you away somewhere. And then Tony hits him on the head with the candlestick. Is he dead? Probably because everybody in Riverdale is a murderer, even the good guys like Tony. And then Aunt Cricket comes back to look for her husband and Cheryl's like, you should leave. Every single scene with Cheryl and Cricket is just Cheryl yelling at her to leave every single scene
1: yeah every single scene with Cheryl is irrelevant so I would love to move on (laughs) Okay, let's move on to Archie. Someone who's...
0: <laughs> Woo, something even better. And I will say, Archie is the shortest of my notes, his plot line. So that's kind of fun. Basically, Archie and the boys, who are Reggie, Mad Dog, and somebody else in a Letterman jacket that we can't see who they are. Could be anyone. Could be anyone. I think it was around then when I Googled where is Sweet Pea? <laughs> So... We're like, huh, Sweet yeah. could have been this guy, but he's not. But he's not. So they find that the center has been trashed and they tell FP to arrest Dodger but FP is like we don't have evidence because the kids have all the evidence which is just like a vicious cycle because it's like okay get all the kids away from Dodger because then Dodger will have to commit the crimes on his own and then you can arrest him but unfortunately the kids won't leave Dodger because Dodger's like I'm gonna hurt you probably and he gives them free pizza and arcade games yeah he gives the kids free pizza and arcade games well actually he doesn't give them free arcade games he pays
1: them to do crime and then the kids spend the money on the arcade games. So then he spends the money he paid them on the pizza. So like, they're not getting anything for free. It's the most insane. If these kids are on the streets, you'd think they would need the money for something other than arcade games. That's all I'm saying. Like, why are they doing crimes if it's just for arcade games? Conveniently, they don't really anymore because they can probably just crash at the
0: center and I think they're putting in a second shower there. Wasn't that a thing that he was supposed to do? It needed another bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that was ever accomplished. I can't wait for the renovation plot line. It kind of seemed like Veronica threw a bunch of money at it. Maybe that already happened. I, I honestly don't know. So anyway, this happened and Archie then asks his BFFs, Veronica and Betty, who we totally know he's still best friends with because they hang out all the time. Like this is, again, I know, I know that this is not a hot take, but the reason that season one was good was because you had this cast of characters who were realistic in their relationships with each other, meaning like, oh, the girl next door who has a crush on her best friend and then it doesn't work out. So she starts dating the loner guy and Veronica's there. Like the CW as a network is really good at teen romances and breakups and that kind of thing. And you can spice it up by throwing in a little bit of mystery and a little bit of murder. But then they went like overcorrected in the wrong direction and just threw all murder mystery in there. And I, I we've said this before, but having a couple scenes where people are like, oh, I love you is not actually a teen romance anymore. You just have these established couples who you won't break up and they don't fight. And even when they do, it's resolved in one episode. I marathoned season one and two in a weekend because of the interpersonal drama and relationships with each other. And that was cool. And we
1: don't have that anymore. So whatever. I'm here to tell you it it wasn't cool. I don't know what drugs you were on during that weekend bender, but it, it wasn't like that. Hiram arrives and is like, here's some money. I'll fix all your problems. And Archie is smart for one second
0: and is like, no, thanks, because I don't trust you and it's never just money.
1: And also Hiram's like, sorry
0: for your loss, which I think was trying to humanize him because we knew that he paid for Fred's funeral and stuff. But I I just I just don't believe that Hiram has a soft side here. I, I can't really figure that part out because I don't I don't think that he was exactly assuming that he would get something out of doing that. But I don't think that he cared about Fred at all because he tried to kill him and Archie multiple times.
1: Yeah, I'm assuming that anytime Hiram does something that could even be remotely construed as good as it, it's um to manipulate someone so uh yeah
0: yeah so it was weird anyway so archie sends him away which is nice for one second but we'll come back to that veronica mm. as the normal teenage girlfriend that she is buys archie a bunch of arcade games
1: and then the kids still don't come because dodger gives them pizza yeah which
0: i mean archie you should have seen coming the kids were like here are the two things dodger gives us and archie's like great i'll give you one of them <laughs>
1: Although, I feel like uh, if they get free pizza, but they have to pay for arcade games, getting the arcade games for free, they could probably afford to buy pizza for themselves. I think these kids think. are uh, getting pretty selfish. A little bit. I think the kids are working the system, and yeah. it's uh, the system between
0: Archie and Dodger. Like, when you look at the picture here, who's really winning? It's the kids.
1: I mean, except for they're still on the streets. Mm,
0: but free pizza.
1: Uh, yeah, you're you're right. Free pizza and then free
0: burgers for dinner. Yeah, what would you rather have? Free pizza or free burgers, fries? And milkshakes.
1: That's so tough. They are in New York, so the pizza would be very good i love a good veggie burger
0: i think there's more variation with the burgers fries and milkshake like if one day you don't really feel like eating a burger you could just like eat the bun and the lettuce or something i like i'm just saying with the pizza it's like if you don't feel like pizza you can't do anything with that yeah, yeah but they're
1: in apart. new york everyone in new york wants pizza all the time okay
0: anyway and then dodger shows up at archie's boxing gym because the kids are like woohoo this is great and it's a party there again and he's like archie you're
1: totally that dude in the mask which took you long well, enough yeah because archie is like i'll fight you and he's like don't you need mask, And it's like, oh, for crying out loud. Yeah. Um, And then they call the
0: cops, but Dodger leaves. And Archie comes home to find the mask thing nailed to the door with a dagger. I don't know how Dodger got the mask hood thing. Eh, Whatever. And then Archie tells his mom to get down and there's a bunch of gunshots.
1: So... That was close call. Yeah, that was like a full-on drive-by with like automatic weapons. That was a clear escalation of the violence in Riverdale. Wow. Which I feel like could have been caught on a camera, maybe. Is that dude still filming everybody's front porches and sending VHS tapes? Or do you think we're never going to hear about this again? I think that we will either never hear about it again, or it's going to randomly come up at the end of the season to tie things up with a neat little boat when the show gets canceled. It'd be really funny if that turned into evidence, though, against Dodger. <laughs> Just like randomly in the time lapse. Oh, what's this? I don't know. I feel like if Archie's on his way to warn his mom that there's danger, he should have brought FP with him and then, like, actually gotten her into a safe house or something. I don't know. I
0: think FP was busy at this moment.
1: Who who knows? Then Archie's like, you know what? Things are too dangerous now. I need help. I'm going to ask Hiram to help with Dodger. And Hiram says No. Which, because aren't we pretty sure that Dodger works for Hiram in some way?
0: Well, let's get to that, because the next scene is Archie and Reggie finding Dodger almost dead, wrapped in a rug, a bloody rug, near the gym. So they call an ambulance.
1: Yeah, and but I feel like it could totally be a thing where he worked for Hiram, but Hiram wants to win Archie's trust back for some reason. So he's, like, willing to do whatever it takes to even hurt his own people. It's, yeah, it's
0: one of these weird things, though, where I'm like, okay, Hiram is clearly going to use this, because Hiram clearly attacked Dodger. So he's going to use this... Somehow to be like, Archie, I protected you. Now you have to do a favor for me or you owe me or whatever. Yeah. And it, except he said no. And so Archie could be like, um, sorry, you said no. I'm assuming that some random other person attacked Dodger or something. Or, or he's like gonna try to frame Archie for having attacked Dodger because he's literally done that before.
1: Maybe Archie can go back to jail. That's fine. That's my favorite plot line. Honestly, <laughs> would love to see Archie get beat up in Juvenile Flight Club again. So,
0: great. All right, let's, you know, this is really bad, but Riverdale, I think the thing that it does is every new season makes me miss the old season. I cannot relate. That's good DVD sales there. So Veronica and her family is a mess. Let's talk about them. Hiram and Hermione, they're out of jail because that was easy. Yeah, it happened so fast. (laughs) Yeah. So they have a family meeting where they discuss the rum situation. Yeah, uh, whatever. Which we knew about, actually, because when when, uh, Archie was in Juvie, he got that Lodge rum or something sent to him um which oh yeah no i just cannot find it in me to care yeah it's like it's kind of like whatever but it's also kind of like i don't understand if the lodges were known for rum and had this booming industry how hermione and veronica didn't know about it yeah that seems
1: familiar it would almost be
0: like it would be better if they were like oh yeah we had this industry but it was whatever Hiram's old name was what was his old name Jaime something luna right if it was like luna family rum that make more sense because first off Hiram's like oh rum has been in the family for generations yeah but it hasn't because you just started the name lodge with you so maybe that's not he
1: renamed the company i don't know it doesn't it's just dumb i don't know yeah so hermosa has to come live in riverdale
0: because i don't know even though she supposedly is running all the clubs in florida and being a private investigator i don't know why she needs There's to stay just in florida. something
1: about the lodge women that they need many jobs. <laughs> They need at least three companies. Yeah, yeah. And Hiram's like, great. She can work for you at the speakeasy.
0: And it's like, no, that's a bad idea.
1: And Veronica says, we're not hiring except for our new hostess. Because Hermione is going to work for Veronica in this new job that she seems to have a lot of trouble with. But, like, Hermione's worked for her before at Pops. Just give Hermione the job at Pops that she already knows how to do.
0: And I don't love Hiram making fun of Hermione for getting a job. Dude, you were in jail and you're a bad guy and everybody knows it. Stop. Also, I really love the family black and burgundy matching color scheme. Really can feeling it. Can we
1: wear black and burgundy for our next family photo?
0: We definitely can. Also, pretty sure that's what we were wearing for our first family photo. But
1: No, I was wearing white and blue. Ah,
0: shoot. So close. Uh, we can. Sorry, we can, I'm just such a betty. <laughs> yeah. Veronica kicks her dad and Hermosa out because she's an idiot and she hasn't learned hey, you know what the best way to take down your dad is? Pretend to work with your dad for just one second get on his good side this isn't gonna work it's crazy how that worked when she actually got him arrested
1: so um
0: yeah Anyway, I don't know what the point of getting rid of Hiram
1: last season was if he comes back after only five episodes. Because they love recycling plot lines. So then Veronica's teaching her mom how to be a host, which like, yes, host slash hostessing is not easy, but it seems like Hermione's having a lot of trouble with it for someone who's been involved in like intricate plans in the past.
0: Yeah, also last I checked, the spekeasy was mostly used for high school students to come and play G&G. And I understand that G&G is not a thing anymore, but since when is it like a pop? in nightclub for like reputable adults who like have their own booths and need to be sat next to particular other people. I thought the whole thing about Riverdale was that they didn't have the same kind of formal social structure as New York. Like, they didn't have high society kind of people but it, I guess they do all of a sudden and it's overwhelming for Hermione for whatever reason and then she wants to get a pen but Veronica's like chill mom you'll figure it out. Like
1: let her get a pen then and take notes. Let her, let her write stuff down. Why are you just spitting information at her, but also Veronica was reading it from something, so I would assume that Hermione would have access to that book when she's doing the job, so maybe she doesn't need to write it down. I don't know. I don't know. Then Daddy and Hermosa show up, and they don't have a
0: reservation, and so Veronica puts them in the crappo booth 11. Oh Ooh. No. Booth 11 is the worst for enemies only. Okay, great. And then there's a really, really freaking uncomfortable scene where Hiram tries to seduce Hermione and also threatens to kill her. And he's like, ooh, ordering hits on each other is our form of foreplay. Mm, stop. This was a little too Fifty Shades of Grey for me.
1: I it, it To me, it felt like they're trying. I don't know what they're trying to do. But I just am sick of seeing abusive relationships on my TV. I couldn't figure out if they were
0: trying to be like oh Hermione's really into Hiram but she's like trying to stay away from the bad boy
1: I don't care what they were trying to do what they were doing is showing an abusive relationship and I'm sick of it and it's just another thing they're doing really irresponsibly
0: yep so that wasn't great I will assume they banged also he wants to marry her again which okay Okay, why could they not have just gotten divorced last time, but instead, or separated, but instead they had their marriage annulled, which as we discussed, means it's like it didn't exist in the first place. And then, so Hiram moves back in and he tells Veronica that she's his favorite child and calls her his apple of his eye and not to be jelly of Hermosa. And Hermosa's like, your parents are renewing their vows, which is not a thing if their vows didn't exist in the first place because they
1: were annulled. Yeah, so I'm thinking that it's just that in general, people don't know about the annulment so they're uh, getting married again, but they're going to present it as a vow renewal. I don't know. I'm, I'm
0: sure that the uh, father who annulled well, yeah, the marriage no, is going to be
1: mad about this whole situation because
0: now he's being forced to do this again. I, mean, I don't think he'll care. And then Veronica's like, I'm not jealous of Hermosa. And then there's a giant portrait of herself. An oil painting. Above the desk where once was Veronica and also Hiram. <clears throat> <clears throat> and Veronica clearly is kind of jealous of her sister. I guess also I, I don't I don't really get what Hermosa's Thing is like what she wants like If she wants to be close to her dad I don't understand Why they have to do anything with Veronica Like you don't need to take down Veronica Whatever and apparently her dad also Called Hermosa the apple of his eye
1: And so yeah I'm, Sister just rivalry never tell your, just never tell your Children that, you're, that they're your favorite Because well, it will always come back to bite you
0: And it's like I don't really understand If Hiram's thing is that he wants The family to be close then don't pit the sisters against each other. If his thing is that he wants to take down Veronica then I guess that's what he's doing. (laughs) I think Ah. I answered my own question. Anyway, let's talk about Betty. So Betty and Kevin are investigating Charles and by Betty and Kevin I mean Betty but Kevin was in one scene. So Betty follows Charles and she says that he's staying in the five seasons and he goes to the FBI office and he has meals at Pops or the Cooper Jones household. I don't know. I guess there's no other restaurants and he doesn't know how to cook. Casa Grande Gym for 90 minute workout even on weekends. Have we heard of Casa Grande gym? I feel like we have. Mm, not sure. It feels fake to me, but it may be. I feel like that might have been where Archie used to work out, where he used to box before he oh. bought the boxing gym. I don't know. Then he goes back to the five seasons and then Kevin is like, maybe he's just a lonely gay guy. And Betty's like, oh, revelation. And I totally thought she was going to do something with like thought this had to do with things until like two seconds later when I realized it was probably Chick. Hey, guess what? It was Chick.
1: Woohoo. Yep. Betty been visits Chick to find out which I don't know why but I thought Chick was dead. Same. Um, Same. I thought he was dead or that he escaped with Penelope I couldn't really remember what happened to him. anyway so I guess he's in jail. So Betty visits and asks about like did you really live with Charles blah 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 I guess Charles and Chick were dating they brought a third man home for some threesome action and then did a bunch of jingle jangle and Charles snapped and killed the guy with scissors they were jingle jangle. It's here If this show can keep one thing straight it's it knows
0: which fake drugs it had in existence at that time because fizzle rocks wasn't a thing at that time so thank you for bringing back Jingle Jangle Jingle Jangle baby <laughs> yeah so uh, Betty confronts Charles and is like hey did you stab a guy with scissors and then she gives him a polygraph test I don't know why she believes this because I feel like Betty's the kind of person who could probably fool a lie detector test so I'm not sure why she like <gasps> relied
1: on it I don't know yeah and polygraph tests are not admissible in court so Betty should know better than to trust them.
0: Yeah I don't really I don't know what was going on. Charles is like oh no chick brought home the guy and killed the guy. I just cleaned up the mess and then I moved
1: out. I don't know what the truth is and I don't really care probably they both killed him. It doesn't really matter. Yeah maybe uh, Charles isn't really Charles and the guy they killed was the real Charles. And then
0: she asked Charles if he's hiding anything and Charles is a terrible at hiding his emotions and so he is hiding something and he says it's that he's a recovering addict who attends weekly narcotics anonymous meetings at his gym. I kind of feel like that might be true sure all right sure sounds good sounds whatever yeah okay. I mean I'll, I'll buy it yeah I'll buy that that factor obviously that's not the only thing he's hiding but okay um and Charles is the new Polly so he rats Betty out to her mom about visiting Chick Chick smartened up finally and told the story that we all suspected all along that Alice was the one who killed the shady man although I guess we don't really get confirmation on if Chick or Alice did it Alice acts a little nervous so like maybe she did I thought we always knew Alice did it maybe I don't remember i knew we suspected that but i don't know what the truth was
1: we'll get to season two soon
0: yeah chick also claims that he knows where the shady man was buried i don't know how chick knew that because he wasn't there i I don't think Mm, i he was there for at least some of it i don't know i don't know and then charles and fp are gonna team up and have some nice father-son time and they're gonna go work this investigation which, like, hold up. I feel like the FBI would know that Charles is Alice's and FP's son and that if the whole deal is that Alice killed the guy that this is probably a little biased and should probably not be taken like, they should not be allowed to run the investigation.
1: I have a theory. My theory is that Charles is not actually in the FBI at all. He is lying and faking it. No one actually called the FBI whatsoever. It's all
0: fake. There was another guy who was working with Charles when they were hunting down the farm. I definitely think that nobody called the FBI for real. I I think this whole part is fake. I think the part about Charles coming and telling the Coopers that Chick called the FBI, I think that part's fake. Yes. I think this was just Chick and Charles working together. But I do think Charles is working for the FBI. I also think he's probably a serial killer or at least a killer of some sort.
1: I I don't even know. And or care. I'm just so sick of the same plot lines being recycled.
0: Yeah, because we already mentioned they took all the steam out of the whole Charles... Charles thing because we didn't get the cool like emotional Charles reunion with the family moment. Instead, it's just mm-hmm. like, oh look, it's another chick, basically, but a hotter one who's Matt yeah, definitely
1: much hotter. Yeah, but yeah. not as hot as Chad Michael Murray. No, because for the record, he is so hot. Yeah, <laughs> let's bring that back. So
0: anyway, um, Charles and FP, they say that they take care of the evidence in the body. I don't know what they do. Probably burn it. Who knows? I have no idea.
1: I well, and I thought that the whole thing was that what um uh, FP had put over the body originally was gonna like burn it up, so there wouldn't be that much evidence left. It, like lie is supposed to dissolve
0: bodies, yeah. So I assume I that's what I thought also. So I I don't maybe they maybe
1: the clothes were buried still. And they had to go figure that um, out. Uh, maybe there was just like some teeth left behind.
0: I also would find it hard to believe that FP remembered exactly where in the woods he
1: buried this body, and that they didn't just like have to dig up the whole place. Which again is gonna look really sus when they like, go and there's just fresh dug ground there, but okay.
0: Well um, but I don't think it I don't think it matters because I don't think this was a real thing by the FBI. I don't think the actual FBI knows anything. I think this was just Charles and Chick because spoilers we find out that Charles talks to Chick and they're still in love and they're working together and this whole thing was to try and get Charles more comfortably in with the family and to get Betty back on his side
1: yeah and it worked because Betty trusts him now and what is their end game I don't understand what they want I don't know what they want. I I don't know but at the end uh they're like checks like did they buy it do they trust you does Betty trust you and Charles is like yeah and then they both put their hand on the glass which is like normally pretty cute but it's I just kind of can't chick is just creepy like if chick was hot I wouldn't be so creeped out <laughs>
0: yeah it is a little weird okay let's get to Jughead because this is the end of the episode now
1: Kirsten was right <laughs> I am so upset that we didn't bet the is know-it-all on this. No. So this doesn't count. And um, I think I get some points. Not a calculator
0: on Twitter can give Kirsten some points, but she still thinks that I'm the knowing is know-it-all. <laughs> she
1: is doing a running tally. She is calculating as she goes. And uh, I think that we'll find in the long run um, that it's me because this one was worth 15 points. <laughs> no one says that this is worth 15 points. I
0: disagree with that.
1: Anyways, so I was right. Jughead's grandpa wrote the first book in the, uh, what what brothers are they called again? The the Baxter Brothers. The Baxter Brothers. The Hardy Boys
0: Mysteries. So here's the thing. Jughead has writer's block because he's supposed to be writing this mystery thing. But okay, here's clearly why he has writer's block. One, he's not trying to write. He's just trying to do research on the books, which is dumb because apparently he's read them like a billion times. Two, he's having writer's block because he's never written fiction before. He just writes long and dreary prose about, like, deaths in his town. Um, yeah, he writes nonfiction. Yeah, and Betty is like, hey, you should kiss your girlfriend, and it takes two tries, which means trouble in paradise, there's gonna be a breakup soon, which is gonna be awkward,
1: because I'm pretty sure they still share a bedroom at home. Uh, yeah, but at least it'll be a little bit more appropriate um, with their family connection. Yeah, so Jughead finally
0: catches up to what we are new knew, that his grandpa was the writer of the first book. We saw this coming, well, at least Kirsten did. Betty is all nah, is? <laughs> nah, Jug. You don't have proof. Meanwhile, she's following her own hunches, which is
1: yeah, whatever. Yeah, like the idea of Betty being like, but you need proof when all she does is follow her insane hunches, is Cray. Yeah, but Betty is a
0: serial killer gened baby, so her hunches are always right, and Jugheads are probably also right, always right. I don't know. I haven't been tracking that. What I have been tracking is that I'm winning seven to three in the knowing is know it all draft. Uh, except I just got 15 points. E- I think you get one, so maybe seven to four at this point. No, 15 points. So Jughead traces his grandfather's writing to a literary magazine, but the article is torn out. So they search <gasps> Riverdale High, and they find a similar literary magazine where a story was written that was basically the same as the first Baxter Brothers. And there's a lot of talk where Jughead's like, they use the same words, and the voice and tone is the same, and the Baxter Brothers went- and the had, had summer jobs. And it's like, who cares? Uh, also, FP the first went by Frosty Pajamas, which is I-, I-, I guess fine.
1: It's a thing that
0: happened. Yeah, cool. So then jughead's in, is stupid and he confronts dupont again a couple things first off i know i've just keep saying this and listing off things in this episode but people are stupid and this is their problem in the previous episode dupont was like i want to talk to your dad and your grandfather was one of my bffs and he was a great writer and also i love you jughead and i want you to write my book which seemed like he liked him and this is why i thought he was the grandfather for a second because it seemed like he was like oh my little protege but now he's like super salty with Jughead, like really fast, which looks well, yeah, super Jughead sus. Yeah, because Jughead called
1: him a plagiarizer, which is the worst thing you can call any writer.
0: <laughs> I think the worst thing you can call any writer is like E.L. James. Sorry, I got to stop hating on um, Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, uh, no,
1: never stop hating on Fifty Shades of Grey. It's <laughs> crappy fan fiction about a crappy book series that it glorifies an abusive relationship. We will hate on Fifty Shades of Grey until the end of time. Right. So in
0: addition to that, the, the, the part that annoys me most about this, much like Veronica just like yelling at her dad and not pretending to work with him, Jughead, you cannot just go to the person that you're trying to accuse and be like, I, I figured out your plan. I've yeah, he's s- like, I wanted soft- to talk about pos- this with oh. you
1: in person. Let me accuse you. What, when was this ever going to go well? It,
0: first off, this is the you know, 2019. So what he should have done is like posted a article or a blog online with like all of this evidence. Like
1: like here's the top 15 reasons why DuPont oh, did not write the first Baxter yeah. Brothers novel. do that
0: and then make lots and lots of copies of all your evidence and post them in lots of places and contact. I mean, not like this isn't really exactly a crime. Although the crime part is probably that like DuPont probably like murdered his grandfather also or something. I don't know. Is he still alive? We don't know. I think so.
1: But the books mysteriously stopped getting sent. So I think we're supposed to believe he's dead, but I don't think he's dead.
0: Yeah, he's probably not dead, but he's probably like being held hostage or or, like somehow being, I mean, he's not coming out on his own and claiming that he wrote these stories. So I don't know. He something. There's more to this story that we'll get to eventually and probably results in
1: Jughead's fake murder. So... Or real murder. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I, no, it's probably fake, but it should be real. Yeah, so he just, he shouldn't have confronted the
0: guy. And DuPont gets really mad and then immediately starts being rude about F.P. Jones the
1: First and randomly also starts getting rude about F.P. Yeah, he's a thief and a, and what's worse than a thief? A vagabond. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really know what
0: he's talking about there. Especially because like, like I said, the previous episode, he was all chill with them. So I don't, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I can't can't bring myself to care. So Jughead like goes to Mr. Chipping and he's like, Mr. Chipping, please help. And I kind of thought Mr. Chipping was going to be like, yes, Jughead, I'll help. And then he would like attack Jughead or something because like he's um. also in on the plan. But no, apparently Mr. Chipping is like his moral compass is all wound up. And then they have the kids book club. What is that? I don't know. They're going to study Heart of Darkness. And Mr. Chipping is like, it's about the moral compass. Uh, I can't do it, Jughead. I'm sorry. And then he dives head first out he the glass window.
1: straight through. Through the stained glass. And I was like, this didn't really happen. This has got to be like a dream or something. But no, it apparently happened. And the rest of the seminar is just sitting there like, oh, whatever. He's gone. Uh, because they're cyborgs. The rest of the
0: seminar, I feel like was like, mm, yep, happens all the time. We're not going to help. I assume Jughead called
1: an ambulance. I-, I also assumed that they were not on the first floor. Like they were high up and this is a big yeah, problem. No, like, it didn't seem like it was a first floor window. DuPont comes in and he's the new head of this seminar. And I just want to, just stop down real quick. I know that I haven't brought this up at all anytime we've talked about this seminar. This is a seminar of like six children in high school. In university seminars are not this small. Yes. It's just weird that there would be so few people. Like you'd think at that institution a lot of kids would want to be in the creative writing seminar.
0: Well yeah. And also I definitely think that this seminar is more of like some kind of weird cult thing that like these kids are all in on something bigger than just this. I don't know. Yeah I don't know. They're creepy and i don't like them yeah i they're the stonewall four
1: as we know mm, yes
0: yeah so yay that's it and that's gonna go well and jughead's definitely not gonna die because of this we'll yeah, see it
1: definitely doesn't um uh, re- matter at all
0: yeah so this episode was entitled hereditary which probably is lots of things but it's also a 2018 thriller by ari aster uh which has the description when the matriarch of the graham family passes away her daughter and grandchildren begin to unravel cryptic and increasingly terrifying secrets about their ancestry trying to outrun the sinister fate they've inherited which sounds a lot like Cheryl's stuff but also kind of like
1: Jughead stuff and also uh, you know hey family drama that's that's Betty and Veronica as well yeah the whole thing is family drama so uh adds up I wonder what sinister fates these children are all going for yeah also something just to note again which we probably have already
0: talked about and definitely will talk about when we get to it in season two but Chick was actually a secret agent for the government in the comic books and chick was the name of betty's real brother which i always kind of found interesting because i would have assumed in the comics that the character's name was charles and that chick was just like a nickname but but yeah his name was chick also so that's cool huh good to know fun stuff sadly no close but no cigars this episode coming from our like four last
1: episode Yeah, but that's okay. Oh, we did get a message from Gregory McBean that the whatever and Royal could have been a closed window cigar for Barnes & Noble. Oh, Sheds, sheds, in, sheds uh, and Royal. Sheds and Royal.
0: Yes, it totally was, and I will add that for last episode.
1: Yeah, I feel really dumb, but at the same time, we don't have Barnes & Noble in Canada, so. I think the reason I didn't see it right away is because it's actually clever.
0: <laughs> Pun and um, it's not just like it's five not just a seasons. random rhyme. So yeah. yeah. So I I actually that's that's pretty good. So thank you, Gregory. But it was like when they said it in the episode, I knew this must mean something. I just couldn't figure out what it was. So thank you so much for that. So who was the most normal person of this week? Um, well, I, I don't know what to say. Could be Kevin. I I was thinking maybe Kevin. He was just like, hey, your brother seems like a lonely gay guy, and he was kind of right. Yeah. So could be him. Could, could be Kevin. Be,
1: uh, I think it's Kevin. Yeah, I think it's Kevin because no one else was normal. Yeah, I can't think of anyone else that I could even make an argument for. I mean, I guess FP didn't do anything weird. Mm, I don't know. He went to go
0: dig up a body. Yeah, but that's pretty in character for FP. I mean, he buried the body and he was just trying to yeah, cover his own Yeah, but bag. I
1: feel like the most normal person is not necessarily the most in character person because these people's characters are wild. Wow, deja vu. We've had this conversation like six times. Many times. times. <laughs> all
0: right well it goes to Kevin who we suspected was the massive winner of the most normal person award but I went back through and looked and who did, who was it? it was like it was I think
1: Reggie Reggie and Alice or something actually had a bunch uh surprisingly considering neither of them because I feel like for a little while. every week we're like oh it could be Kevin oh but Kevin always gets the most normal and then we never give it to him no he's only actually had it once I'm pretty sure yeah so cool he can have it he'll
0: I think he'll get it lots in season two though probably so sorry for the short update this episode was exhausting and I'm not trying to be too down on it mostly I'm just mentally exhausted from my weekend in general but also I just I think the part that makes me annoyed is like look G&G was ridiculous the farm was ridiculous but at least those were new things (laughs) And right now with the just, oh, Hiram's a bad guy and he's worming his way back into people's lives, including Archie's, and oh, Chick is back. Like, we've already done this. This isn't new. It's just stuff we didn't like that already happened that we're now having to deal with again.
1: Yeah, I would like them to have another riot. Like, some, if they're going to reuse plots, could they at least do like a fun one?
0: Yeah, but we can't have a riot because we don't have gangs anymore.
1: I mean, people who Dodger's aren't in gangs- Because always
0: been here, hasn't he?
1: People who aren't in gangs can be do a riot. Ugh, let's bring
0: back the creepy riot guy. What was his name? The one who like Uh, tried to hurt Archie and Jughead? I
1: don't remember. I don't remember either. Well, that was pretty much it. You got anything else? I would like to apologize for my negative attitude, but I would also like the Riverdale writers to apologize to us for everything they've done wrong.
0: Okay. Sounds fair. We will change our ways when they change theirs. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Seems like a fair trade. Well, that's really all for this week's episode. Hopefully next week will be more uplifting. Maybe. Uh,
1: Um, I mean, it's another episode. It's another opportunity. Exactly.
0: Thank you for joining us, and we'll be back next week for a recap of Episode 7. Until then, you can follow us online at Frail Mary and at Kirsten Said What, respectively. You can also follow us online at KowskiCast or KowskiCast.com. Yeah, with K. And that's pretty much it. Kirsten, you got anything to plug? Just,
1: I will be on Twitch this week. Twitch.tv slash Kirsten Said What. Check it out. Come hang out. We're having a lot of fun with The Sims. We are trying to find my a man because we want her to have a baby, so Woo-hoo! it's really Fun. it's all really babies. fun and exciting
0: that sounds fun i will be on twitch after i finish moving <laughs> fair very fair <laughs> yeah i need to do that first that's step number one once i get through that step then then all the twitch can happen so yes exactly okay i keep Perfect. buying games that i want to play but don't have time to play them but thank you for everyone who keeps following me on twitch that's really nice yeah I'll, i love I'll get there these followers yeah yes. all right until next time bye I will assume they banged.